Welcome to a self-published author's diary. I am Elodie Novodatsky. I write about first time, second chances, things that scare the crap out of me and things that make me laugh out loud. I'll be speaking with you and sharing my adventures in self-publishing, the behind the scenes of writing and the business side of it. And before we get started today, a small message from our sponsor, Anchor. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is November 4th, Thursday, and when I'm recording this, it's 2 p.m. When I'm recording the beginning of the podcast, because in a few minutes, you'll hear the beginning of my week, how it went with writing and the self-publishing business and everything else. Yesterday, I had planned to write. This was, my goal was to continue writing the story that I will publish under a pen name. And I did. I, I made a lot of progress. I also wrote the book summary, which is always helpful, right? To write the book summary to see where the story is going. And I think I have it down. And I'm quite excited about it. I also have a cover. So I already have the cover. I have the pen name ready. And now I just have to finish writing it. The way it will go is that I think the goal that I have right now, and I will know for sure when I finish writing the story, but it will be a novella and it will be the same couple. So they will get a happily for now at the end of each novella. And then after three novellas, they will get their happily ever after. I think that's the way I want to go. I am trying something a little bit different. Again, I will only publish it in Kindle Unlimited and I will build a separate website for it. So it's going to be a bit of work in terms of time, but at the same time, it's, I said time twice, so close to one another, I would edit that if it was a text, but I'm just going to keep on talking. So it will not be as time consuming in terms of my online presence and everything else related to it because it's a pen name. I'm approaching it slightly different. I am applying things that I've learned by, you know, self-publishing for the past seven years. And I'm also trying to write more to market with those particular stories. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And I will, I will keep you updated. The rest of my day yesterday was pretty stressful because I have mentioned I have the Leftover Brides translation coming out in French and in France and in French-speaking countries at the beginning of December. I had to postpone it to now mid-December because basically I received feedback from my literary translator who was doing the proofreading of the text that the text was definitely not ready to be published as it was. So what I had, I had mentioned that in a previous episode, is that I had done a machine translation for that sheen. And when I say machine translated, like it's not, it's not Google translation. It's a software that, that the text already has a certain quality that still needs a lot of work. Again, don't get me wrong. I don't think a machine translation can do the work of a literary translator, which is why I had hired somebody so basically, the workflow for that translation was machine translated text that was supposed to be the support for. So the workflow was that machine translated text as support, followed by 
a translator who was going to edit the text in some cases, heavily edit the text to be able to capture the voice and everything else, just use the translation as a support. And then third in that workflow was the literary translator proofreading the work of the translator who had edited the text. And then after that, step four would then be putting out the book for sale. So in that workflow, I was at three. I was, the text had been heavily edited by a translator whom I had hired for the task. And it was getting proofread by my literary translator who I work with a lot, who was not available for the job of editing and who also was not available to translate translate it from scratch if I had done the translation from scratch. She was just not available for it. She's super busy because she's she's amazing. She had agreed to reread the text that would have been edited by the translator for last proofread. And that's when her comments were like, no, the text is not ready. Cue panic. And I checked the text as she was working on it, but I did not check it super carefully. I kind of, I guess, trusted the process and figured, okay, I what I'm reading is it's actually pretty good. And yeah, I just thought it was going to work. I should have been way more careful when rereading the text and also maybe not use at all the machine translation as a first, you know, as as a support, because that's what it was supposed to be. It was not supposed to be the end product, and it's not, but it was supposed to be a support. Basically, for me, the text, you know, that was already available was kind of like a first draft, something that you revise and make shine. And without a first draft as a writer, it's much harder, right, to make words shine. So in my mind, this is how I was looking at it. But maybe for a translator, and I was just talking about that with friends, with a translator, maybe the blank page is what they need in order to do the art of translation. So maybe this could be one of the issues when when some translators do not want to work on a text that has already been either translated before or translated by a machine, maybe it's harder to then revise it than it would be to create it from scratch. Even though as writers, for me, I was looking at it as, hey, it's a first draft and it's much easier for me to work with the first draft, but I'm the one who wrote the first draft, right? So maybe this is this is the difference. My literary translator, she actually, she made me laugh because she actually mentioned, she's like, oh yeah, you could give it a try, like to do it myself. I can't myself reread it and make it shine. I was just thinking, yeah, I had checked the text, granted, not carefully, but still I had checked like a few sentences and those sentences and like one or two chapters, like I had checked some things and it seemed okay. And clearly the translator who had worked on the text she was not bad, like in the sense that what she gave me was not bad in terms of text. It was just not up to what it should be in terms of publication. So I was kind of like, well, I've lived now about 20 years, like half my life almost out of France. I work in English. I have worked in English pretty much my entire working career. I have studied in the United States and in Germany 
And yes, I studied in France too, but when I was like in my early 20s. So, you know, yesterday. So it's it's not that, and I just spent two weeks in France. I was very lucky that I was able to go back um, to France right now for two weeks and see my family. A lot of them I had not seen in four years due to treatments and COVID and lots of things. So, you know, I... I speak French, I can write in French, I understand French. I have not written a book or tried to write a book in French and not English probably since high school, maybe a year or two after high school. So it's been a while and I write, I read mainly in English right now. I have books in French that I need to read, but I mostly read in English at the moment. And so doing that myself is like I I I don't think I can. And if I could, it would take me such a long time and a lot more work behind it. Like I would need somebody to really double check everything a lot, much more than what I'm I'm crossing my fingers will happen now. So I was able to find somebody to rework the text and was very clear, maybe clearer on the fact that you know the text as it was, I mean it has been edited already once, but following the comments of my literary translator who has left, like she worked on the first two chapters with, you know, changing some of the sentences and changing some of the punctuation and stuff. She also mentioned that it needed a bit more work on certain things um, in terms of the translation. And so I made clear what was needed. And I found somebody who just sent me something and I'm not going to double check by myself. I'm, only, I'm also going to send it probably to some of my family members who are very avid readers. It's very important, like the distinction between a text that is good and a text that is good enough to publish. And I think sometimes it's the same when we are drafting, right? Some people might be like, the, the text is good enough, you can just publish it. But as writers, sometimes we know that, no, the text still needs some work. Like it, it doesn't, the voice isn't really where it should be and everything. Like, for example, when I published The Leftover Bride, I did one last round of revision, right? Well, before that last round of revision, the book, I think, would have been okay to publish in the sense that it was, it was good. The story was already very good and the writing, I think, was already really, really good. But I knew it could be better. And that's why I did that one last round of revision where I made really, really, really everything shine as much as possible. And then when it went through proofreading, it only, the only thing that came about were very tiny things and just a lot of, of comments basically saying that the book was definitely ready. When it comes to translation, I know that the manuscript that I got back from that first translator who edited is not awful. It's not an awful text. It's good already, I think. But I know from my literary translator that it's definitely not up to par for the work that I usually publish. And it's, def it's definitely not up to par for the quality that I want to put out in any language. So yeah, so yesterday was a lot of stress and lesson learned. I will, and that's what I told my literary translator. I was kind of like, I'm never doing this this way again. Again, all I can say is lesson learned. 
either I would have needed to spend way more time with the text as, you know, she sent me some things in bit like some milestones, which I didn't do. I did for the first one, but I didn't catch everything. And in addition, I would have needed to send it to somebody who was either a literary translator instead of just me and double check. And then I would have caught the mismatch of expectations earlier. So definitely not, like I'm not blaming the translator as much as I'm blaming myself for this one. Because as I said, the document, the first round, the editing of the text wasn't the worst. But if I had not gotten my regular literary translator to proof it, would I have known it? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm glad that I did that extra check. And I'm so glad, I'm so grateful for my translator to, first of all, work super fast on the first two chapters so that she could let me know right away that, you know, it needed it needed more work in different areas. And two, that enabled me to, to find somebody who is able to do that work so that when the time comes in mid-December, I can publish the book and be happy with the product that's coming out, especially because I also have quite a bit of pre-orders for that one. And yeah, it's, I guess I can add that to one of my self-publishing mistake. And again, just learn from it and continue to do the translations the way that I've always done my translation, which is from scratch by a literary translator and not try to cut corners because there are also a few translators, literary translators who will not touch um, document that has been translated by a machine. And that's my lesson for anybody who's listening. Unless, of course, you are also yourself a literary translator or a writer in the language, the target language that you are translating, which I'm not. And yeah, for my ego is also like kind of a a little, little scratch, <laughs> let's just say, because the fact that I did not necessarily realize, even if I had not spent as much time as I should have on the text, I did reread a couple of pages and did not notice as many things as my literary translator noted. So I clearly need to read more in French as well. And when my husband is listening right now, he's probably shaking his head <laughs> or nodding his head, I should say, in agreement. Oh, and I know November is NaNoWriMo month, National Novel Writing Month, and I have tried to join in the past. I love the enthusiasm of NaNoWriMo. I think it's wonderful and keeping updated and doing the check-ins and getting this rush of excitement about putting words on the paper. And I'm not doing NaNoWriMo this year. I am, however planning on finishing this novella and I am also reorganizing some of my work schedule because of the coding course that I'm taking. So I am trying to see what works best in terms of writing. And as mentioned this week, I wrote a lot yesterday. So I spent a few hours writing 
And Monday and Tuesday, I spent hours thinking about writing. But it's it's going to be interesting for me to see how I can find the best time to put words on the page as I'm still outlining Sweets for Love and Miss Me, Miss Me Not and drafting that novella and doing everything else, meaning the formatting of a bilingual novel and the publication of the French version of The Leftover Bride. And I just updated The Leftover Bride. I did put The Leftover Bride on NetGalley with Victory Editing. I will add, um, so it's a co-op for NetGalley, so I pay less per month. I'm only doing one title in one month. I will add the link to the co-op if you're interested in this show's description. And yeah, so I mean, I've got quite a few things on my plate being when it comes to writing, when it comes to self-publishing, when it comes to the business side of being an indie author and trying to find marketing and taking care of the translation and, 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 and. However, as I've mentioned in the past, you know, writing is also something that I love doing. So I not only do I want to publish new books and for that I need to write them, but writing needs to be part of my schedule for myself. Um, so this this is something I need to figure out. It was this week, you'll notice, was maybe also a bit harder because I was coming back from holidays. And so I had a few things or additional things to do in order to be able to write. But the excitement about writing yesterday, like I was just, words were flying and I was having a lot of fun. Even though writing is hard and revising is hard and publishing is hard and it's still like it's it's still something that I love doing and it's something that is very important for me. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing how I best I can best organize my time and make sure that I write almost every day, but also have one long session, I think, to two long sessions a week where I can write for several hours and you know, do everything else, not think about the business side of it and not think about everything else that I have on my plate because yesterday morning was was just fun. It was it was a lot of fun. So which is always nice to have those sessions, those fun sessions of writing. So yeah. So for the rest of this episode, I will be sharing with you some updates daily. So it's actually things that I have recorded in the past few days. Good morning. It's Monday, November 1st, and it's 7.20 a.m. here in Maryland. I am back after a two weeks break from writing as I was visiting my family in France for the first time in four years. And yeah, it's, it was amazing. And now today, as I am stepping back into work, I am also stepping back into writing. And I've mentioned before that when it comes to writing, my the way it works best for me, and again, everybody has different ways of writing. It's just everybody, I think every writer has their own process and what works best for them. And for me, I had noticed that writing almost every day really helps me, A, stay in the story that I'm writing, 
And so it helps, I think, my voice in the writing process, like my writer's voice in the writing process. And then B, it also really, I think, helps my writing, just the quality of it, like for my first drafts. So now that I haven't written in two weeks, I have to find a way to get back into it and into a certain rhythm and into the stories that I've been writing. And so this morning or today, I think I am going to work on my to-do list, which will include some writing prompts and, you know, write a day or write the morning of a certain character, like when the life is like, when there is nothing additional happening in the sense of like, maybe, you know, before the love interest has arrived or thinking maybe even about, because in my case, she has met him before. So maybe thinking about him and kind of getting back into the head of my main character and do the same from him, for him so that I can really get back into the story. Or maybe they're watching, like for her, I could have her watch the TV show that reminds her of the man that's about to come back in her life. or And for him, it could very well be that whenever he <laughs> um, like has some sort of sweets, he thinks about her because she's a baker. So yeah, so this is some things that I'm going to do today in order to be able to get back into the plotting of that particular book, which is Sweets for Love. Um, it's the second in my Swan's Cove series, Standalone. It's Aisling's story, who is Sorka's sister. So this is this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to slowly get back into it. And then I'm going to reread because I was also drafting another story, the one that I will publish under a pen name. And for that one, I basically need to reread what I've written and outline um, the next chapter so that I can also get back, you know, into that particular story because the voices are different. The stories are, of course, different. So there, yeah, there's quite a few things I need to be to do today in order to get back into writing, get back into those stories that I, I really want to tell. So it's uh, it's going, I think, to be interesting because I don't do a lot of prompt work when I outline. Like I sometimes do like one, okay, like they're looking at a certain object and then how do they describe the same object too? And I've just done that for actually Sweets for Love before I left on my holidays. But it's, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting process. And otherwise, I am going to be working on a bilingual novel. I need, still need to put some um, bilingual audiobook up. There had been a few issues with the opening credits that Find Away Voices said was not matching the metadata. So I have to look into that. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. And then, of course, I'm going back into also my coding course which I am very excited about. Good morning. It's Tuesday, November 2nd. It is 7.15 a.m. in about in Maryland. And yeah, a little update from yesterday. So I ended up spending an hour fixing the sound on my computer. So this was something that I needed for my coding class. I needed to listen to a video and I couldn't because I updated. I think maybe it was because I updated to Windows 11. I'm not sure. But there was another update and um, 
prior to that update, basically I could not get my sound to work. There were no drivers um, visible, like no sound drivers visible um, that needed to be updated. I went onto the Lenovo site and there was only like information about Windows 10. Anyhow, long story short, that took me an hour, which was not planned in terms of my writing schedule. So I basically yesterday did a little bit of formatting. I thought about my story and actually when I was talking to you yesterday about that exercise of my two main characters a lot of the time when I had like I just thought about it so it's it's in the back of my mind not on paper yet but in the back of my mind I also am working on the French translation of The Leftover Bride one of my translators who mentioned she would be available to reread the book and see if she's still available and if she's no longer available to then put it up as a job on Upwork for somebody to reread the French translation one more time. And yeah, it's uh, the dog just finished eating. So if you're, if you're hearing some noises in the background, that's him um, coming to see what I'm doing. And then today I will continue also formatting the One Dream Only. It's actually the Portuguese French edition. That's the plan. And then I will also write and do that exercise. And now I need to go because my dog is currently letting me know by pawing at the door that he really wants to go out. Another thing I have on my to-do list today is to add the leftover bride on NetGalley. And for that, I want to update um, the Word document a little bit with a message for NetGalley reviewers. So I need to do that. And... Yesterday, I contacted some French audiobook narrators to see see the interest a little bit about working with maybe somebody on the rest of my Gavard CD series in French for the audiobooks. And yeah, so I need to do some follow-ups and I need to do the planning for the marketing and then the advertisement for The Leftover Bride starting mid-November, like prior to Thanksgiving, up until the entire month of December. So I have to figure out um, what my schedule is going to look like in terms of possible ads, in terms of blog posts, in terms of social media, in terms of possibly I'm doing some book funnels, um, sales promo with other authors around that time. So I need to figure out what the what the schedule is going to look like. And I'm thinking about applying for a book bub for that particular period. Crossing my fingers, I've never tried to get a book bub with The Leftover Bride because it's brand new. And if you don't know what book bub is, I will add a link in this episode's description. But Basically, it's readers sign up to find out. It's a very large service. So they have a lot of readers and people sign up to know when there is a discount on certain books. They might say which category they prefer reading. Do they like romance? Do they like nonfiction? What type of books? And then they receive an email daily in their inbox, letting them know about discounted books. And it's... For authors, it has always been seen as the thing to get in helping you get your books in front of a lot of readers, of like a very wide audience. I've had one book bub 
um, which was for Firmi Firminat, and I had put it for free. And I would like to try it with romance, like straight up contemporary romance and not put my book for free, but do it as a 99 cents promo. So yeah, I will let you know if I get it or not. Um, the price for that particular slot is pretty steep. So I'm also doing research to see, is it worth it? in terms of investment. So far, everything I'm reading is saying, yes, if you get one, it is still worth it. And then if I do get one, then I would need to think about what I could do around it to make sure that, yeah, I help myself as much as I can, my ranking as much as I can, and make sure that I have really everything ready to go with the other books as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, don't hesitate to rate this podcast and subscribe and share with your friends. And for the writers out there, happy writing. And for everybody, happy, happy reading.